Hey, everybody, and welcome into a new episode of the Eye on the Tigers podcast here at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I'm Ben Fredrickson, joined by Dave Matter, here to talk some Mizzou hoops. Big weekend, big week for the Tigers headed into the SEC tournament. Um, they are going to be playing Georgia on Thursday, and then we'll uh, go from there in terms of conference tournament play. They're a pretty good lock for the NCAA tournament, but they have a chance to maybe improve their seeding or hurt it um, in the SEC tournament. We'll talk lots of hoops in this episode after hitting on football last week. I'm down in Florida covering Cardinals spring training. Dave is getting ready to head to Nashville, um, but we're, we're going to kind of set the stage for conference tournament play before things get rolling here. Dave, how's it going in Como? It's going pretty good. March Madness. It's, it's, uh, it's nice to be writing about some games without worrying about them being canceled. Uh, for, for tomorrow's, for Wednesday's paper, I'm kind of looking back at a year ago when all this uncertainty was going on. And uh, I just remember Conzo Martin and a couple of the other beat writers, we were just talking to him. We were down in the media room of uh, Bridgestone Arena no one was wearing masks yet because that wasn't the thing to do. They just had hand sanitizer everywhere. Like Chris Hollander, Missouri assistant coach, he came up to me and we were like, we did the awkward, do we shake hands? Are we not supposed to? We kind of laughed it off. Like little did we know what was what was going to happen, not just the next 24 hours, the next 12 months, obviously. it was. Uh, it's crazy to think back. It seems like it was much longer than a year ago, um, but here we are ready to do it again. It really is surreal to be down here for me because I was here when yeah. basically the sports world stopped. We all have that where were you moment. For me, it was sitting in Roger Dean Stadium wondering why the last Cardinals spring training game was being played. Um, you know, the Florida governor had issued you know, shutdowns and things of that nature. And the Cardinals went, took the field knowing that it was going to be their last game of spring training. It was bizarre. Uh, yeah. And you really think about how fast things uh, shut down from, from then, but you know, Things are easing their way back, and we're starting to see people pop back into stadiums to watch games. You know, the Cardinals will be opening with uh, fans in the stands. And and most important for college basketball, they're going to be able to have their crown jewel NCAA tournament. The Tigers will be a part of it. Um, we've got to get into kind of how they've been playing lately, though, Dave. They don't look, you know, in their last uh, you know handful of games all that much like a, like a tournament team. They did do incredible work in, in building a resume that – is worthy of an at-large bid, but they've they've had some hiccups here as of late. Where do you think they kind of stand entering SEC tournament play here? Um, you know, I think there's so much conversation now about Jeremiah Tillman and, and all he does and how he can kind of come and go, but I think the biggest kind of X factor, no pun intended for this team, is going to be Xavier Pinson in tournament play, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. It seems like that's always the case with this team. Um, because Tillman has been fairly consistent, not great. Now, he wasn't very good in the LSU game, but the part of that was just LSU just threw like three guys at him every time he touched the ball. He only got three shots in the game, and he was in some foul trouble. Drew Smith was really efficient, really good, like he's been most of the year, and he was rewarded for that today, being named first team all SEC, uh, first team all defensive team, first Missouri player to ever get that in the SEC. So great honor for him, well-deserved. So he's, he's like Mr. Consistent at this point. And then Pinson is, you never quite know what you're going to get with him. Now, he was, he was pretty good uh, for the most part against Florida last week in that win and was pretty good for the most part at times in the LSU game, though that's the game where he took that nasty spill and hit his head on the chair and missed. He only missed like three minutes, but then they, they took him out for the rest of the first half. So you didn't get the full uh, – 
you know, Pinson workload in that game. And then he had a really unfortunate decision late in the game. Missouri's down two, chance to tie it. Just took this really awkward pull-up jumper where he, like, hesitated in midair, like he didn't actually want to take it. Bad look, bad decision. Um, so that kind of goes in the, the bad Pinson pile when we, when we look at all of his games or just the moments of his games. So, yeah, what are they going to get for him? That's a big question. They got to get Mark Smith back on track. He was he was pretty bad on Saturday, 4 of 13. He took more shots than Cam Thomas of LSU did, who ended up with, what, 27 points. So just very, very inefficient day for Mark. So they got to get this figured out. I, I don't – you know, they don't go to Nashville where they don't need to win a game to get in the NCAA tournament. It would really behoove them to win one, beat Georgia – see what you can do against Arkansas. You're not really going to get punished in the seedings for losing to Arkansas. You may, if you lose to Georgia, and then you fall into that 8-9 game, not for sure because there's no certainties, and it's not all done in a vacuum either. It all depends on what happens to everybody else around the country. Um, but you feel much better about yourself in this team if you, if you beat Georgia, get into that Arkansas game, and then see what happens. I also think this is such a weird year kind of conflicted on whether these conference tournaments if teams should really be that motivated to make a long run because the best thing that can happen obviously is you win the tournament that's great no one could ever take that away from you you get to hang a banner and you can always look back on this season but the worst thing that could happen is you get COVID and you can't play in Indianapolis so it's all about the risk reward cost benefit analysis basically you get to that championship game and you lose, I don't know, you don't get a banner for finishing second. And then you run the risk of being in Nashville for four or five days. And somebody's going to get COVID some team, not, not necessarily in the SEC, but somebody's going to get it at their conference tournament. You just know it's going to happen and it's going to cost them in the NCAA tournament. And then they're going to have to go to these alternate teams. And that's going to, even though they have protocols set up, it's going to create controversy. So you just hope it doesn't happen to your team if uh, that's the case. Yeah, I'm not sure, you know, it would, one thing that I think will probably happen, we already saw it with Arch Madness, there will, there will be teams that get shut down because of protocols, right? Yeah, uh, because yes. there will be, and it, it might not be somebody getting the virus, but it could be a, a, a penetration of a potential right. interaction, right? And then, and then the protocols are in place and, and things change. But, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to kind of respectfully take the other side here and we can go like first take embrace debate style on this. Like to me, like, they came this far. These are the most important games of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, meaning I understand that, you know, winning a conference tournament, if you're already an at-large team, it, it probably doesn't do all that much for your, for your, you know, NCAA tournament chances. And yes, the NCAA tournament is the, is the big deal, but these players have played in so many warped and, and weird games by this point, you would hope that, that they're, you know, looking at this as going, these are the most important games. I mean, to me, March Madness really starts with these conference tournaments. And we've seen teams make great runs um, by winning their conference tournament, despite being an outsider entering it. So I, 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 I'm actually kind of glad we haven't seen teams do the opt-out thing. or That, that discussion oh, yeah. has really kind of faded. But, you know, it is, you know, it's fair to point out, we could be having a different conversation if, if something happens to, uh, you know, Gonzaga, where all of a sudden they're, they're in trouble. Uh, or, or Baylor or something of that nature. So we'll, we'll see. This is going to be a very telling week or two um, for, for college basketball. I, I'm glad you mentioned the, the, the all-SEC teams. 
Um, that's that's impressive. And I it jumped out to me. Um, R.J. Layton sent this out. Mizzou's SID. Missouri has its first All SEC duo since Jabari Brown and Jordan Clarkson. It's been a while. Um, it's been a while for these guys. So congratulations to Jeremiah Tillman and and Drew Smith. But also, Dave, speaking of things that I'm fired up about, there's like eight guys on each team. <laughs> that's not that's not an all conference team. But what is going on here? This is a trend, and, and we're seeing it in, in, in all conference football and basketball teams where it's like you just ignore the number of people that are supposed to be on one of these teams, and then everybody gets to say, if everyone is all first team, then is anyone? What's going on with right. that? Right. Well, that's why I like the AP version better. I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not voting on that this year, but I'll be interested to see how that comes out. Cause that one is usually very, I mean, not usually it's always it's very strict. It's five players on the first team. Now they don't go like old school center, two forwards, two guards necessarily, which I think is a totally antiquated way of doing it. If you're one of the five best players in the league and, but you also happen to be the third best point guard, I think you should be first team all conference. Um, but yeah, I don't really get why the league does this. It's like, they just don't want to upset anybody. And you can look at that first team list. It's, it's eight players. I can see a few of them that I wouldn't consider first team. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I, I, I would have voted this way. Herb Jones, Alabama, first team, Moses Moody, Arkansas, first team, Cam Thomas, LSU, first team. That's three Drew Smith from Missouri, first team. And I probably would have gone with Trey Mann, Florida's guard. That's a really guard heavy team but so is the one that the coaches put together um and then you've got some really good players on that second team I probably wouldn't have gone with Scotty Pippen Jr. first team I mean he played for a horrible team and just scored a lot of points great season for him individually but what did that really mean for his team um so yeah I, I don't get it it's the, the league always does this and it's I guess it's just a way to make everybody feel happy and get some really nice positive Instagram graphics put out there <laughs> that is the ticket that's the key in 2021 do it for do it for the gram. And if you're on Instagram and you probably found the SEC tournament bracket, and this is interesting, Dave, because Missouri being Missouri, you know, at one point the Tigers were 10th in the nation. Um, you know, they, they beat Illinois. They got some of the best wins around in college basketball. Um, but since that three game winning streak, they've lost five of their next seven. You look at this bracket and you go, Oh man, they beat in Arkansas, which is the team they play. If they right. beat Georgia, they split their series with Arkansas, but they lost by 10 points to Georgia. Is there a chance that they could be a better matchup for the team that's waiting for them if they win than they are for the, the Georgia team that they'll play first? I mean, they enter as a seven seed. You went from being picked to finish 10th in the conference to being number 10 in the nation, according right. to AP poll for a little bit, to being the seventh seed in the conference tournament. But you've already lost your – you've lost a previous game against the 10 seed, yet you've beaten – you know, you're, you're one and one against the team that awaits. It just shows you kind of the, the bipolarness of Missouri's season to some degree, but I'm just curious how you think they match up against Georgia. Yeah. First of all, fans got to remember and I, when, when the game went final on Saturday and I posted their record, it seemed like people freaked out that Missouri was eight and eight and it was like surprised by that. And so disappointed, but, and, and granted, yeah, where you were then at, at one point is disappointing, but got to remember, and this doesn't make any excuses. It's just reality. Everybody plays 18 game schedules this year because of COVID only five teams in the league played their eight full 18 game schedule. Missouri was not one of them, but the games they lost were home games against Vanderbilt and Texas A&M, the two worst teams in the league. So not that you can say those are automatic wins, 
but let's just for the sake of argument say Missouri wins those games. Remember, Missouri played two more road games than home games in the SEC this year. Then you're 10 and 8. You feel a lot better about 10 and 8 from an optics standpoint. But as far as the NCAA tournament seeding, which is what is should be most important, 10 and 8 with wins over Vandy and AM don't do a whole lot more for you. Now it helps you in the SEC seeding to some degree, it would have. And then you figure that two of those losses were without Jeremiah Tillman. Maybe if you split those two games, and one of them went to overtime anyway, then you're talking about a top four seed and all is right in the world. So circumstances are important here. And uh, I, I tried to point that out to a few folks, but you know, Twitter is not exactly the place of common sense and logic or rational thinking these days. But Missouri did get it, – it was unfortunate. They lost two home games against the worst teams in the league. That being said, yeah, I just think on the surface – Missouri probably has a better chance of playing with Arkansas and beating them than maybe Georgia, just because that's the MO of this team. They've they're three and three against the top four seeds this year. It's the best record of anybody in the league outside of Alabama. No one else has a 500 record or three wins against the top four seeds because that's when Missouri's played their best. I mean, they lost to Tennessee and Arkansas, but they also beat them. And then they, they beat Alabama. Now they didn't beat LSU. That's the one that they haven't beaten. Um, it's the games against Georgia and Ole Miss and Mississippi state and Auburn that really came back to bite them this year. Um, you know, Missouri, you just look at their schedule, the, the 23 games they've played, they beat all of the best teams on their schedule. They didn't lose except for LSU. LSU is the only pretty good team that they lost to um, that they didn't also beat. Because again, they beat Tennessee and Arkansas, so it, it is—it's a wild season. That's why I think you go into the tournament just feeling a little uneasy about that first game against Georgia, even though again Tillman didn't play in the first Georgia game. Missouri should have a big height advantage. They did without Tillman, so you add him to the mix, and you really do. Um, Georgia's not a very good three-point shooting team, but they were when they played Missouri. They turn it over a ton. Uh, they didn't do it a whole lot that time down in Athens. That was a 10-point win. So um, you get past that one. I, I I like Missouri's chances against Arkansas. Arkansas is the hottest team in the league, one of the hottest in the country. But I think they match up pretty well with Arkansas, and they, they have in both games this year. I think the, uh, the the unknown here with this Tigers team, we can we'll break down the stats and we'll talk matchups as as this tournament, you know, these two tournaments go forward. You mentioned an interesting point in the in, in what you would call like the biggest on paper games of their season. They they played some of their best games. Yeah. It's the reason they've got an at large despite losing five of, of their last seven, unless something you know really unpredictable happens, which is hard to imagine at this point. You know they have gotten up for the big games. They've gotten they've gotten you know their Achilles heel swiped by the by the ones they probably are guilty of of maybe overlooking a little bit or or just not having the proper amount of. Of, of energy and enthusiasm, they shouldn't have that in a tournament setting. I mean, even though, even though it starts with a, a game against an opponent, they might've pressed snooze one too many times on before. Um, I'm curious to see if we see an elevated level of play in that setting from this group when they're, you know, the, it's kind of getting to that back against the wall mentality, you know, it doesn't matter what your seed is, lose, go home type Type thing. Now, maybe that's not there for the SEC tournament because they know somewhere in the back of their head there's an at-large, but certainly will be for the NCAA tournament. So that's really the unknown about this this team is we don't know if they have that that higher level of you know what we see in some of the best teams. I mean, compared their trend line to like an Illinois, for example, Missouri beat Illinois in the Bragging Rights game, but right now 
Illinois has turned into one of the, what we think is the best teams in the country. They're going to be a one seed. Um, so again, they've kind of unlocked that almost early. I mean, Illinois fans, I think pessimistic ones are wondering if the team peaked too soon. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the fear there. Missouri fans are wondering if the Tigers have that gear that we saw in some of the biggest games at the biggest time of the year. And we don't, we don't have an answer yet. And we might get in the answer a little bit in Nashville. But, of course, the bigger one will come when, when NCAA tournament play starts. But you do want to have, I think, a, a change of pace, a change of scenery, a change of kind of discussion around the team compared to the way the season ended before NCAA tournament starts. Um, and and the, NC, the, the SEC tournament would be a good opportunity for the team to realize, yeah, we're, we're pretty good still um, if they're able to, if they are, they're able to do that. Um, what do you make of, of the SEC tournament at large, Dave? It's, it's really a conference where anyone you feel like could, could go in and win it. Alabama's getting all the love, of course. They're the, they're the one seed, um, and rightfully so. But I'm not all that convinced that Alabama is as good as maybe some in the SEC would want us to believe. Um, Tennessee has been all over the place this year. They wind up with the four. Um, you mentioned Arkansas has played exceptionally well um, lately. They're the two. And then you got LSU grabbing the three seed. LSU is as hot and cold of a team as, as we're going to find in the conference as well. I watched LSU lose to, to St. Louis University early in the season. Um, they end up with the three seed in the, uh, in the SEC tournament. What do you make of the conference as a whole? Are you buying this idea that Kentucky – um, you know, which is going to to enter this thing as an eight seed playing its Mississippi State could make some sort of a run at this. They've played a little bit better, not all that much better lately. What do you make of where the, the way the field stacks up? I do kind of like Kentucky. Now, they, I do too. They need to beat Mississippi State in the first game on Thursday, obviously. Alabama will be tough for them. They lost. They weren't. It was a close game for a while, and then Alabama pulled away late. Um if Cal pushes the right buttons with this team, I wouldn't be shocked if they make a little bit of a run. Not a single Kentucky player on that 16-team All-SEC team. He's going to use that. You know he's going to use that over these next couple days for these guys. Nobody believes in you. You're Kentucky. You're the eighth seed. These fans can't wait to see you get eliminated on Thursday. Nobody believes in this team. And who knows? I, I don't know this team well enough to, if they respond to that well, but they're they're sixteen to one odds to win the tournament. If I were putting money on this, I'd I'd throw a few bucks their way because it's still Kentucky. It's it's not the players on the court that Cal usually has, but something about that program. Um, he and I think he get, gets a lot of credit. He just seems to dial it up at the right time this time year. So. I kind of like Kentucky as, as the among the teams that are outside the top four. Um, you know, Missouri's those veteran players, if they play their best and they all come together, um, you know, maybe playing day after day after day, they can stay in a groove longer than when, you know, they have off days and they just kind of get outside of their head a little bit. So maybe that can help them. They can get a little run. Um, LSU, seeing them up close on Saturday, man, they're not deep at all and they don't play great defense. But their that's, talent, that's being that's being generous. Yeah, their talent one through four, and whoever that fifth guy is doesn't really matter. Is as good as any team in the league. They're they're Cam Thomas and Trenton Watford are the best one two tandem in this league offensively for sure. And if they get hot, they can. There's no there's no reason they can't win this thing. Um, but they got to string together a few more consistent 
days than they have this year. They've been kind of up and down lately. Um, I don't trust Tennessee at all. I just they, they they finished strong with win over Florida, who's really fading here. Um, but I just don't trust them to win, you know, three in a row. So I I you know of the of the underseeded teams that look at Kentucky, don't I'm not convinced Missouri um, can't make a little bit of a run, uh, but. LSU, man, I, they, they've got the talent, that's for sure. But Alabama also is just a team. They're on a mission right now. I mean, they, they're doing everything right. Nate Oates has them playing such a high level. If, if they Now, they're a two seed right now in the NCAA tournament. If they win out, I don't see them jumping to a one seed. I just don't know if they'll beat, surpass Michigan or Illinois. Um, so I don't know if there's a whole lot to gain from them or a whole lot to lose. Arkansas is definitely a team. They win this thing. They're a two seed, no doubt. And that would be pretty impressive for that program. They, they played on the first day of the tournament last year. They were one of the only the, uh, one of the two games that actually happened last year at the SEC tournament it was Arkansas. They played Vanderbilt. And uh, to think a year later, they've got a chance to win the tournament and be a two seed in the NCAA tournament says a lot. Yeah, you mentioned Arkansas. It's kind of interesting to me. If you, if you wonder how wide open this thing is, it could potentially be chaos. Um, Arkansas has won eight consecutive games for the it's the best winning streak so far or best active winning streak in the SEC other than Alabama which has won three straight there's not a team in the conference that has more than two consecutive wins or more than two consecutive losses they've all just been kind of bouncing off of each other you nailed it on Tennessee I mean when Tennessee opened against Missouri that started SEC play and, and won so easily. I, I remember thinking, I don't know that there's a team in this, in this conference that could, that could beat these guys. I think I tweeted something really stupid. Like if you took the best player from every team in the conference and put them against Tennessee, I don't know that they could win and talk about like, talk about like a prisoner of the moment tweeting. Yeah. Like skip Bayless, you know, style uh, or, or for more local, I, I would say jokingly with a friendly nudge, Frank Cusamano style tweeting, um, as Frank says, he can be a, occasionally a prisoner of the moment, which I can too. Um, but yeah, Tennessee's just been, you know, it, probably, you know, Tennessee fans look at their team kind of like Missouri fans can look at, at their team sometimes. Yeah. So Tennessee was expected to be much better. Right. You know, I think sometimes Missouri fans forget this team was picked, finished 10th, <laughs> not, and I don't mean 10th in the nation, which it once was. So it's been a, it's been a different kind of roller coaster, but a roller coaster Nonetheless, I'm with you. I, I think the SEC tournament is wide open. I don't fully trust Alabama. I just don't. Um, and, and partly because I don't trust the SEC very much. Um, the yeah. Big Ten teams, you know, they've been they've been at, at war with each other all year. Um, Alabama, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going all the way there, although they've been outstanding. Can't debate that. And Nate Oates is deservingly the coach of the year in the conference. I'm excited for this tournament, Dave. I think it has a chance to be a really good tournament. Um, and it should be there should be some some fireworks in it because teams are, are all kind of I think there's a lot of bunching um, toward the middle of the conference there. So anything else, any other storylines that we should dig into here as this thing as this thing starts out? Um, you know, do you have a prediction for, for what Missouri will be able to to do in this thing? I, I, I have to think they're going to be able to uh, beat Georgia. But I, I got to tell you, you mentioned if you're a betting man, I don't know that I could put. I don't know that I could put money on it if I, if I was. I think we're going to get the best version of this team if it's left when they yeah. know there's no safety net. Um, well, but right, but right now there still is a little bit of one. A Missouri-Arkansas game would be really interesting for this reason. First matchup, Arkansas didn't have Justin Smith. They're, they're transferred from Indiana, who's kind of been the glue to their team. 
Second game, Missouri didn't have Jeremiah Tillman, who's been so good this year in his senior year. Third matchup, the the deciding one in the series for this year, both of those guys will be on the floor, assuming Missouri gets past Georgia. So um, both teams can sort of throw an asterisk next to their loss this year in the regular season. I know they have been. So that'll be a really interesting, great matchup. If you're Missouri and you win two games, you just got to hope Ole Miss doesn't make it to those semifinals because that's the team you don't want to face. Get a rematch with LSU instead of a third game against Ole Miss because Ole Miss has Missouri's number. We know that. They're, they've they got to get past South Carolina first, and then they'd have to beat LSU. But um, I don't know. If I'm Missouri. I'd probably rather play LSU again than get Ole Miss for a third time, even though LSU is a better team. Can you opt out of the tournament – during the tournament, if you have to play, uh, if you have to play Ole Miss again, I think Conzo uh, might be looking into that one. Here's the another thing, and we'll end with this: for folks going, well, they, Georgia's an easy win. It should be maybe, but here's the deal: Georgia has lost three of their last four. One of the, their only win in that four is against LSU. Yeah, they yeah. went from beating LSU bad, ninety-one to seventy-eight, to losing to South Carolina bad. 91 to 70. And if, the, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the state of the SEC, then, then I, don't, I don't know what does. So buckle up, prepare for prepare for chaos, because I think that's the one thing that will be guaranteed in Nashville. Dave, you're going to be down there with full coverage for stltoday.com. I'll be watching here from uh, from Florida, and uh, we'll see what the Tigers have left in the tank as they try to to stick the landing on a season that has been up and down and all kinds of ways in between. But the most important part of it arrives now. It starts Thursday in Nashville, and we'll have another podcast about the Tigers as they enter NCAA tournament play. Remind folks, too, they're checking out the podcast for the first time. All of our episodes are easy to find at stltoday.com slash podcast, or you can just search for the Eye on the Tigers podcast on wherever you get your podcast from. It should be able to to find them there, download them, leave us a review, give us a rating, whatever you think, and we appreciate you for checking these out. For Dave, I'm Ben. We will talk to you guys next week, everybody. Enjoy the games.